Smoke inhalation from open fire cooking is a problem that we don't really have to think about in New Zealand much, but around the world it affects millions of people each day. But a New Zealand fireplace company has created a solution. Essia is a fireplace company locally owned and operated in Dunedin, and they've designed a flat-packed stove called Fire for Life. Nearly 5,000 families in displacement camps in Syria are already benefiting from this safer way of cooking. And founder and CEO of Essia, Nigel Bamford, joins us now to tell us more. Hi, Nigel. Hello. Nice to talk to you today. How did this idea get started? Well, I, I guess I just started researching it um, out of personal interest about four or five years ago. And it just seemed kind of mad to me that in a, a world full of modern technology everywhere, that Roughly a quarter of the people that we share the planet with are still essentially cooking on open fires. Yeah, and so you obviously knew a thing or two about fireplaces. How did you get into the design of this um, this idea? Yeah, well, I mean, our, our company has been around a while. We're, we're about 20 years old, and we've been quite successful selling you know, wood, gas, electric fireplaces throughout New Zealand and Australia, which means that we're a profitable company and we were able to adopt some sort of a charity project. And when we, when I started getting an understanding of just how um, big the need was, uh, we decided to adopt this as our, our company's non-for-profit project. And we just started designing, really. We just started making prototypes and cutting up metal and doing what we do, which is understanding combustion and fire. And it ended up being one of the hardest design briefs I've ever really? seen our team. <laughs> um, it seems simple, but uh, essentially... Well, what the was design... the brief? What were you trying to do differently? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's lots of people trying to help with the clean cook stove problem, as you'd imagine. But a lot of the solutions end up being quite large and quite expensive. And we wanted to get some good impact for every company charity dollar. So we were trying to make a stove that would be as low cost as possible, have as least parts in it, and and, and perform as well as possible. So the the brief I gave is it had to uh, use the exact same fuel people were already using, which is basically sticks, and it had to, uh, but it had to burn half as much fuel. Per, per meal or per week or whatever, it had to use half the fuel and it had to burn completely smokelessly, but it also had to be able to be made for 20 bucks and have no moving parts. And, you know, <laughs> um, oh, your team and, must have uh, loved you for that one. Yeah, it, 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 it ended up being much harder. I mean, other people have done similar things with fans and electronics and they end up being 200 bucks each and things. And so it can be done, but we were trying to see how do we get it simpler and simpler and simpler. Um, can you talk to us about what the breakthrough was? Well, we've ended up using um, what we call vortex principle, where where you you sort of inject air into a round stove. I mean, this thing sits, you know, not too dissimilar in size to a ten liter bucket, you know, um, sort of a few hundred mils high and a few hundred mils wide, and um, it's round. And we we inject we we draw the air into it in a in a circular way. And when you look at it burning, it's a little bit like a tornado. The air's uh, ripping around in a circle, and it. it burns a lot cleaner than it would if you uh, just let the air do its own thing. Okay, and you um, finally worked out the design and then started making them, eh? Yeah, and one of our other key innovations was uh, I worked out that you know the, the people we want to help are often um, the furthest away from freight rate, freight shipping and trucks and nice sealed roads and things, and so actually getting these things to them would, would be a, a huge challenge, and, and if you I worked out if we could ship them flat, it would use you know a tenth of the the volume. If you think how many you'd fit in a shipping container, if they're all big yeah. three-dimensional objects versus flat. Uh, so one one of our innovations is we we cut them all out like a kit set, flat, and um, 
and we can get an enormous amount in a very small physical space. Uh, we ship those over to Syria with with the help of um, a local shipping company, Ocean Bridge, that donates the uh, the shipping. And then my company pays uh, a local charity uh, called Relief Aid, uh, who works in Syria, and their people pick them up from the port, um, take them kind of deep into northern Syria, and then um, assemble them within you know a, a few minutes drive of where these camps are. And so they really only turn into big three-dimensional bulky objects, very, very close to the point of use. I guess you've got to know your partner pretty well. Have they given you feedback on how these things are going in practice? Oh, yeah, Relief Aid's awesome at that. They uh, they, they send us the, uh, hundreds and hundreds of photos. Um, we kind of can't go there because it's still an active war zone. Uh, and, and they do what they call post-distribution surveys, where, where they go back to the families. Because you know, in the aid game, it's actually quite easy to get it wrong. It's quite easy to give people things that they don't want or that yeah. don't make their lives better. Uh, and those post-distribution surveys have been super positive that you know, people are finding that they can cook food a lot faster. Um, they're using a heap less fuel. Where they're either paying for that fuel, it saves them money, or if they were you know, wasting dozens of hours a day gathering fuel, um, if you use half the fuel, it's half the time. Have you changed the product at all based on feedback? Absolutely. I mean, um, that's what we do in our day job with our normal fireplaces. We're always listening to customers and trying to make them better. And really, we just treat this exactly the same. Um, the fact a customer doesn't pay is slightly irrelevant. We, we still treat it exactly the same. So we're, we're deeply trying to understand the customer's needs. And yeah, we, we've made lots of little improvements and made it slightly better each time and we'll continue to do so. How do the numbers work out for you? Yeah, so we, we send them across in shipments of about sort of 1,500 at a time. Um, when when that's established, that, that the guys spend about, um takes about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, the guys in Syria to assemble them and they fill their little truck up and drive around and each, each village is often, or each camp is sort of about 100, 200 families. So, you know, we can we can kind of get to five or six camps per uh, per distribution. We're, we're trying to do about um, three, four shipments a year so that'll be about 4,000 stoves this year and uh, yeah that's working well. What does it cost you though and, and how do you justify it as a you know a full profit business? Well it's, it's exactly that we're, we're just essentially looking at this as something that we think we should use some percentage of our profit to uh, and you know we're, we're spending money that is in the, the hundreds of thousands of dollars per year on this every year. And do you think the stove would be any use to other people? Obviously, you've designed it for people in these camps in Syria, but can you imagine it being a commercial product? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, in terms of the the charitable uh, need, it's everywhere. The, the the needs of people in a camp in Syria are exactly the same, really, as people in a um, poor part or an underprivileged part anywhere in the world that is that are left with no other option but open uh, fire cooking. So whether you're talking about South Asia or, or Africa or in, anywhere where you find extreme poverty, you'll find people burning on open fires and, and this product would help them. So in that respect, the, the need is everywhere. Um, and you know, we we don't really want to make it into a commercial product. We, we do offer it. Um, you can go on our website and buy one for yourself for uh, camping, but we just take the whole $100 you give us and just add that to the budget and, and just spend that whole $100 on a few extra stoves to, uh, to Syria. How many in your business? The staff is about 160 people. Gosh, they must feel pretty good that they're contributing to something that's helping the world. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, our staff help in terms of making them, designing them. Our customers help because by 
buying our product. That's where we get the money to pay for them. So, uh, you know, the architects of New Zealand, the, the people who build houses in New Zealand, Australia, um, some percentage of those like the fact that the more of our fires they buy, the more of these stoves we can send out overseas. And you won a New Zealand Best Design Award too. That must have been a nice pat on the back. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it's um, it, it's a nice um, story really that good product design is what made our company money with our primary product and that, that then allowed us to um, put the same design skills to work in our charitable project. And yeah, the Best Design Awards have a, a category called Public Good and, and we won, uh, won that in the Auckland Awards a couple of weeks ago. While I've got you there, New Zealand manufacturing success stories are a bit um, uh, rarer than they used to be. What is the secret to doing manufacturing here in New Zealand um, successfully? And um, what do you think we need more of to encourage it? Yeah, I mean, that's a a super complicated question. But we're successful because we do 100 little things right. You know, yes, we have the latest machines and and, and yes, we we follow the the latest lean manufacturing principles, but we also have really great product design, really great marketing. Um, we make a premium product. You know, I'm not convinced New Zealand should be making, um, you know, the, the the cheap manufacturing anyway, the cheapest things. But you know, our, our product sits in the top third of of the market by price, and it's relatively dense. You know, a fireplace that we export, um, we can get many hundred thousand dollars worth of fireplaces in one shipping container. So when you have a high volume product, you can the shipping becomes slightly irrelevant and, and where you are in the world becomes a whole lot less relevant. What percentage of your sales are overseas compared to domestic? Oh, at least two-thirds. So, yeah, somewhere oh. between 60 70% of our product goes offshore. So you reckon maybe New Zealand should be less like China and more like Italy when it comes to manufacturing so that we've become a bit of a, uh, a byword for quality? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and, and, and certainly there's... Uh, there's no reason, there's lots of examples of uh, New Zealand products making it out there and there's no reason there shouldn't be more of it. Yeah, probably probably good examples of high quality Chinese products as well. That was just the first uh, country that came to mind. Hey, really nice to talk to you. Do you hope that you'll get to see these in person uh, being used at some stage in your life? Yeah, I'd really like it if the, uh, the war in Syria ended and it was a safe place to visit. That would be great. Yeah. That would also mean these people would be able to leave the camps and go home. Um, but unfortunately, the war people keep going to war there's going to be more refugees and unfortunately the need will, will never end but absolutely I'd, uh, I'd love to be able to go to some of the places we're sending these to and, uh, and meet the people. It must make you feel much more connected to and interested in a different part of the world when you have that connection through your product. Absolutely and, and we have to thank Relief Aid for their, um, uh, for their great work and, and having people on the ground that, that can, that can bring, be that connection to us. But absolutely, it, it makes uh, it makes the news a lot more real when uh, you have some involvement. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks so much, Nigel. Thanks for having me on. Nigel Bamford, CEO of SEA, which is a fireplace company, and they've designed these flat pack stoves now uh, being used by nearly 5,000 families in displacement camps in Syria. And still they have higher ambitions on the way.